0: so uh, hello my name is alexander eri laupma and you are listening to photographic catalans podcast Uh, i just had a very beautiful conversation with uh, pixie liao an artist from china from shanghai who's been living in united states for the past uh, 20 or more years and uh, she's a wonderful photographer her new exhibition called Your Gaze Belongs to Me is open in photographic Italian for the next few months. Um, unless you're listening from the future, in which case it was open for a few months, uh, but now it's ended, so sorry you missed it. But at least you can listen to this uh, a beautiful soft conversation in the evening after she finished her tour. And uh, yeah, if you're in, in the mood for something nice, soft, and quiet, and I hope you're going to enjoy it, because I sure did, and uh, yeah, happy to bring you those conversations, and uh, do enjoy. Bye-bye.
1: I think when I'm making the experimental relationship, I didn't really think that big of a theme. Like, I wasn't thinking about gender, or I mean, I was thinking about in relationship, but it's more from a personal point of view and um I th- and I think for me, it is important to kind of mix my work with my life so I don't need to live twice, so it saves time mm. um so like in my life, I always think about relationships, and then those thoughts will go become the um like the the material for for the for the project
0: mhm but why uh, why do you think about relationships what's what's the interesting thing about them for you
1: it's not about interesting um i mean i guess relationships are interesting and But I think I have a tendency to try to figure out um, how to maintain a relationship. I guess Mm. I worry about relationship a lot. Mm. Um, That could have been mm, influenced by my parents because um, they divorced when I was a um, teenager. At that time, I couldn't understand why. I think... You know, if you guys don't argue, maybe you guys can be like peaceful with each other, and you guys can be together. I think it was like simple like that. I just don't get it why it doesn't work out for them. And I think for me, I always try to solve this problem. Like how how can you maintain a relationship? So that that is something I always think about.
0: Mm. Have you been worried about your current relationship?
1: All the time. Really. <laughs>
0: Because you've had a long relationship by now, right? For uh, 16, 17 years?
1: Um, Yeah. We've been together for uh, 16 years together. And this project has been going on for 15 years. And I always think I don't want to um, end this project. I want it to be as long as our relationship, which I... Don't know how long it's going to be, but I also don't want it to end.
0: What's the biggest reason uh, for worry? Is it thinking that you're not good enough or that uh, people will, will get bored with each other? Or uh, wh- what is it?
1: Mm, I just think relationships, intimate relationship, is so significant. I mean, all those... Little moments in your relationship, they're so trivial, but for me, those are significant moments, and I really cherish them and I think it's it's actually really rare when you meet someone that you feel like you 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 are worth it, like this relationship is worth it to keep it, and once you have that, you really don't want it to end.
0: Hmm. uh When was the point when you knew that you uh, wanted to have a relationship with Moro? How do you, do I pronounce it correctly? Is it Moro or Mo- Moro or how do I say it?
1: Uh, Moro. Moro. He his last name is actually Moroka, but it's like a nickname for Americans. Moro, like tomorrow. Okay. Hmm. I think I think that from the first time I saw him. I mean, I didn't know. I'm going to start a project with him but the first time I saw him I already had this weird thought cuz he he the first time I saw him I didn't know him and he would just simply introduce himself as a musician and I saw this guy he has really kind of cool look kind of uh, a little bit cold seems like a very hard to approach type of guy and I had this weird thought I think what would it be like to be his girlfriend, which is a thought I'd never had before. So um, he gave me a really strong impression the first time I saw him.
0: How old you? Uh, how old were you at that point?
1: I was 20, I think I was 25, 26. Okay. And, and you he,
0: said that he was five years younger than you?
1: Yeah, so he was like uh, 20, 21. But at the time I didn't know.
0: And how did that uh, like develop from there?
1: Um, and then I just I saw him again on the campus one day and I was like really happy like I saw him again and I just don't want to waste this chance so I just approached him and I'm a photographer can you be, your, be my model um, so I can have opportunities to get to know him. and. That day, he, he just said yes. And actually, he he was really happy to see me again, too, somehow, even though we'd never talked before. And then mm, we just started, like, doing photo shoots together and got to know each other and become boyfriend-girlfriend.
0: And uh, did you, or Ormoro, uh, think that it was weird in the beginning because of your age difference or because of the differences in nationality?
1: Oh, in the beginning there was a shock. I think um when we just started a relationship, so we very carefully asked about like how old are you? And then like we were trying to guess each other's age. And then he was he guessed my age like 20, 21, 20. i say like older. He's like 22, 23, 24, 25. <laughs> He was, like, unbelievable at that moment. And at the same time, uh, I was shocked, too, because I thought he's about my age. I was like, so young. Just, this is a little boy. Um, but other than that, I think, um, I mean, he's a Japanese. So the moment I know he's Japanese, I realize I have this bias against Japanese, which I never thought I would have any bias against Um a, a stranger um, because I think um, growing up in China like we always see Japanese in our media in TV show or in news and they are mostly uh, portrayed in a negative way or not very um, positive way so I realize like I never imagined I could date a Japanese guy before so that moment I realized I actually have a bias. Um, and I think the same thing um, happens to him too, because um, in their media, Chinese don't have a good image either. So I think in the beginning, um, we're just very shocked to know each other, from China and Japan, but still, we still like each other, so I think we start to uh, think we should give it a try. But for a long time, we've been keeping this secret from our families because I th- I think we both worry about, you know, if our family have negative opinion about each other.
0: Uh, what's the background of your parents? Um, Meaning, like, what uh, what types of jobs do they do? And what part of China are they from?
1: Uh, my family is in Shanghai. Um... And I think they are quite normal people. My dad is a electrician. And my mom just works in the office. Um, and I think... Uh, but they are pretty open-minded. They let me do what I want.
0: And w- at what age did you move to the States?
1: Uh, I was 25. And at the time, I already graduated from university. And I had worked as a graphic designer for a couple of years. And I decided um, this is not a career for me because I cannot stand. um, My clients always change my design. So I think I should just change my career to do something else where no one else can change what I make. So I decided to uh, just study photography maybe.
0: But you had spent the first 25 years of your life in Shanghai. In China?
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: okay. But th- was there a big, like, a cultural shock or cultural difference when you moved to the States?
1: Mm, I think there is. Um, but I think it is about my imagination of the United States and what what it really feels to be in the U.S. And I think it has a lot to do with um, the place I went in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. This um, is a
0: strange place to go. This is not not like the first pick to choose when you go to the United States. How did you how did you get to end up in Memphis? I
1: don't know. At the time I I just really wanted to just go out and study something different. And I was randomly choosing school in the United States. I have never been and I was thinking, I don't know any place in the United States except for New York, but that was after 9/11. I was kind of afraid of big city. So I think I should pick somewhere in the middle. And the only city that I kind of recognize is Memphis because Elvis lived there. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like musicians. So I imagine, oh, Elvis lived there. There must be a lot of musicians there. And I actually did meet a musician eventually.
0: Yeah. But did you have any preconceived notions about America or Americans that later turned out to be false?
1: Oh, yeah, because all the... um, I'm quite influenced by American culture uh, because I like watching American movies and listen to um, their music. Um, So I thought I kind of know a lot of them, but it's only kind of like a fantasy side of it, like how like, how cool it looks, or how beautiful it looks, how, like, passionate those musicians are. But I never imagined, like, um, uh, how it really feels when you go to um, Memphis. I mean, Memphis is a very beautiful city, but it's so different from the place I grew up in Shanghai. Because in Shanghai, it's all about big buildings, so many people on the street. Um, Like, at that time... I don't see blue sky in China that often because there's a lot of developing things oh, going yeah. on. So when I was in Memphis, the first day I got there, I feel like, oh, this is like a park. The whole city is so kind of flat and open and mm. a lot of uh, trees everywhere. I was like, what is this place? And the colors of the city is different too. It's so colorful. They like they use pink color, bright yellow, blue on the buildings and the sky is so blue. Um this is very beautiful. But at the same time I never imagined it's actually really dangerous to um living in a city. Cuz in Shanghai I like to like go out anytime in a day. Like I like to go out like in the nighttime, like over the whole night, just walk the city because it's so safe and so many people all the time. But the uh, Memphis has really high crime rate. Mm. So um, on the first day of school, actually <laughs> for the student orientation, um, our school just warned us: do not go um, outside after nine p.m. Don't walk the street um, anywhere. Just don't walk street when because most place is not walkable it's for car driving Mm. and you should always bring twenty dollars in your pocket if somebody wants to rob you give it them and you know don't don't run don't reject just give money to them so that's the first first lesson i got when i actually arrived in school wow so it's like completely different it's like so shocking like i see the beautiful side but also now i know there's a very cruel side of it too
0: mm-hmm. Yeah What would you say that uh, Americans could le- learn from Chinese culture and uh, Chinese from the American culture
1: I mean Chinese Americans so I mean very very different mm-hmm. mm, I think the China could learn from um, the US would be the diversity mm-hmm. like they're so many different type of people. There are many things, like in China, mm, we talk about harmony. We talk about how everybody should kind of behave in the same way so everybody live in harmony. So if you are same as other people, mm, everybody's fine. But if you're a little different, people start talking like, what is this? Why is this? This is not okay, or this is not good for society, You should change. Um, But in the U.S. it's the opposite It's like everyone's so different Then, No matter what kind of crazy thing you do Nobody cares Um, They just take it um, as something so common Um, I think what the U.S. can learn from China (sighs) Let me think That's very hard to say uh, don't take things for granted, I guess.
0: Mm, that's very good.
1: Yeah. Um, I think uh, a lot of time, people think so much about their own rights. They don't really care about other people's feeling. And I think, um, I mean, not just in China. In Asia, it's um, very different. Like we think about other people, sometimes more than ourselves. We think about how my action will make the other person feel. Um, I think in a way it's, it makes the society, I mean, in harmony. Mm-hmm. Everybody more comfortable in a way if you have little pressure on yourself. Yeah.
0: So it's two extremes basically. Yes. One is all about freedom, the other one is all about just like harmony and uh, yes. and the group and one is all about the individual. Yes. And so you have very strong very strong opposites. That's true. Mm. Where do you think this is um, this is heading right now? Is it something that you think about? Because obviously, ex- especially over the past few years, everybody's been seeing that like the culture war
1: mm. has
0: been like uh ramping up, especially in United States. But mm. once it's happening in the United States, then people in Europe, it's sort of like we're like taking it over, basically. it starts from America, and then it comes here as well. Mm. do you Is it something that you think about, or and if you do, do you, do you see it like in what direction do you see it going?
1: I don't know what direction going. It's so hard for me to predict. Um, But I worry about this since the very beginning of the pandemic. Because I feel like this pandemic has driven people more separate. And everybody feels this pressure so much that they are easily um, agitated. Mm -hmm. And that will cause a lot of conflict and unnecessary problem and i think that it, that is something i really worry about i think especially right now because it seems like we should get out of this and go back to normal but i am afraid something is kind of changed forever um but i hope we won't go too far to the other side
0: mhm yeah i think this is something that everybody is feeling that something has changed forever yeah. that even if everything goes to normal in mm-hmm. quotes, then still it's a different normal like we're we're living in a new age now, yeah, and nobody really understands like what the new age is. it's like completely open right now, yes yeah uh what about moro and his uh his parents uh what what's their background and w- where is he from uh what is he like completely from japan as well or japanese american or how is that
1: um, he's from Japan, he's from like the middle of Japan in Nagano, where um, his house is on the mountain, and oh. they had winter Olympics before, so he actually grew up in a very different kind of natural, um, beautiful, uh, almost like touristy uh, place than my my life in Shanghai. Uh, and his family, um, is very I would say typical Japanese family. He's the youngest kid of three kids, and um, his dad works in company. When he was working, he he works in different city by himself to make money for the company, and his mom just um, stays home to take care of all the kids and family. So it's like a very kind of typical. Japanese traditional family.
0: And by now, have you guys like uh, met each other's parents? And uh, is everyone like fine and happy with the relationship?
1: <laughs> yes, we have met a um, mm, couple of times. Uh, quite, quite a, and and we. I think um, our parents um, like they like us. So that's that's really good. I. Um, yeah but in the beginning, uh, when we just started, you know, we're kind of keeping a secret from them, yeah, for a while, until we are sure that we are still gonna date, and like we slowly sending messages to our parents that I'm dating a Japanese man. Hmm. and my dad was in the beginning, he's so worried that he even draw a imaginary sketch of Moro. And the sketch looks like a very savage man. <laughs> but eventually I brought him back to Shanghai and uh, like showed him to my family. And he said, oh, he's a nice boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have the parents met each other? Your parents have, have, no?
1: No, unfortunately not. Yeah. I guess it's even harder now.
0: <laughs> what is the difference between how people perceive your art in Asia versus in the States? Or in Europe,
1: um, I mean, there's there are similarities and um, differences. I think um, if it's art-going people that go to museum galleries, their reaction is very similar because they have been in contact of um, this kind of contemporary like ideas of art. Um, but if it's for general public, it really varies. And I think in America, in the US, um, because people have seen so many different people and they just really don't care like what kind of uh, things you do. I mean, sometimes um, if they don't understand it, they will treat it as a way like it is very far away from their life. Like they're untouchable. Like they will say, oh, this is... Asians, they're Asians doing their Asian things. Um, I think in the Europe, I think Europeans actually have a a more more open attitude towards different type of um, genders or relationships. And I think people usually um, think this project's kind of very fresh and they're welcoming this type of ideas and they think it is very interesting. And I think in China, um, maybe for old generations, sometimes um, they don't really understand what you're doing. They're thinking, this might not be okay. Um, but for younger people, I think people really um, understand it. And I think it's it's kind of different type of accepting this work because they have been living in the same kind of similar situation. So for Europeans, it, it's still like, um, this is interesting ideas. But for maybe for Chinese young people, they think, "Oh, I I know how it feels. Mm. I understand this."
0: How have the past two years been for you?
1: Um, yeah, a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think mm, this pandemic is just so unimaginable. In the beginning, I was thinking this won't take long. You know, you just everybody stay home for a while and it's go away. So the, for the first year, I've been staying home most of the time, but I'm still very optimistic, because I think, oh, this will end. And then the second year, it doesn't seem to end anytime soon, I get really depressed. And then I think what actually got me out of my home is the starting of this show in Fotografiska in New York. and. Then I have to go to my show and do, um, like, talks and, you know, meeting people. And that kind of helped me to get back to social life again. And I feel like this year, even though there's so many chaos right now, um, people are really getting back to the new normal. Like, everybody's getting busier. And there's a lot of travel plans, you know, for this year. Like, everybody's... So ready to do something. They don't care the pandemic anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Did you learn anything?
1: Learn? I learned so many things. I think the the things I learned so well during the pandemic is rolling my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like
1: since the very beginning, just like so many things like make you want to roll your eyes. Like why would people don't don't believe in science, why do people, you know, don't care, or why do people have conflict, or, you know, uh, and I kind of get used to it. And I I think what taught me is mm, people are really different. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to... um, it's, It's impossible to... Um, hope that other people will react the same way as you do, because they are all different. So you just have to accept it. <laughs> for now, I'm kind of, you know, just giving up and not rolling eyes.
0: What was your like routine like during the pandemic? Like, did you did uh, did uh, things change a lot for you? Do you are you used to traveling more? Or did you like pick up a new hobby, or how did you cope with uh, just having be, uh, having to be so much more isolated than normal?
1: Hmm. Um, I think I'm um, definitely am not going out uh, a lot uh, since the pandemic and I think uh, at one point of the pandemic I feel like I have so much time that I have nothing to do and I start to learn many different things that's unnecessary I say it's unnecessary education but just a way for me to kind of entertain myself. And I took many like online classes of different skills that I'm interested in but never had a chance to study.
0: Can you give me some examples?
1: Um like uh, designing a lamp or uh, making a chair or uh do like a uh, origami. Mm-hmm. Like all, all different kind of weird things.
0: How did you learn to do all the stuff that uh, you have at your exhibition? Like you have different uh, things that are not photos. You have the very cool shoes, uh, and uh, you have the your your uh, your partner as a backpack, mm-hmm. and so different objects. How is it something that you just uh, picked up and uh, learned on the go, or is it something that you formally uh, studied as well?
1: I think I I just kind of learn on the go. Um, I think sometimes, because um, I think my work, it really depends on uh, the ideas. And uh, a lot of time, photos is enough. But for some ideas, for example, the high heel shoes, I cannot make it into a photo. I need to have a real object. So um, one time I had access to a 3D printer and I suddenly realized I can make that. So I learned very basic skills just to, in order to make that work. So I pick up, like, new skills um, just for the need of my work.
0: The, those shoes, <laughs> they're very cool, <laughs> for one. Thank but you. also I read from your uh, webpage that uh, there was, like, one sentence that said that, like, walking on your... Uh, is he your husband? Are you married?
1: We are actually married. Okay, yes. you're
0: married. So uh, it said something like uh, walking on your husband's soft penis is also a metaphor for your relationship or something like that. Yeah. Can you explain that a bit more?
1: I think that's self-explanatory. It kind of <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: it is. But it's, it's like when I... When I was listening to you talk about your exhibition and also when I look at your work, it's like at the same time, you're very open about what you're doing. You're very open about your relationship. It's something that you exhibit, so obviously you're open about it. But at the same time, you're doing it in a way that is also very reserved. It's very mm. interesting contrast because mm. it's like you're saying so little, but you're saying so much at the same time. Do mm. you see what I'm, what I'm getting? So you only have, you have this one sentence which is very simple ah. and very straightforward, uh-huh. but at the same time, you're not saying anything more. And this is the same thing that happens right now because when I ask you about it, you say it's self-explanatory and I agree <laughs> yeah. with you because it is, but it's, uh, <laughs> because it's such a good sentence, I almost feel like, oh, I would love for you to talk more about this.
1: <laughs> uh, mm, it, it's very hard to describe. I mean, sometimes when I make work, uh, in the beginning... I actually don't understand why I make this work. I have this urge to make this work. And usually it's when I finish the work, I look at it and I learn something about it. Or I think it's actually a metaphor for my life or some problem I have been experiencing. So in a way, it's like um, hmm, almost like solve your own problems. Through making this work, like these works helps me to understand my life uh, better, mm-hmm. or understand myself better.
0: But you have been very lucky with uh, with a man like that because it's, it's so beautiful that uh, mm. not only you have this relationship, but also that he is so open to being so involved with your work, with your art. Or is it something also because if we take that metaphor as a starter, is it like um uh, because of your let's say the balance in your Mm-mm, relationship mm. he wouldn't even be able to say no to you mm. because you would you know uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
1: it's it's not like that actually he he has a lot of power to say no mm-hmm. um because like for my work i really need his collaboration mm-hmm. so in order for him to collaborate with me, I need to be really nice to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say I am very lucky to have met Moro because I think he's actually um, maybe the most generous or supportive um, boyfriend I ever had. And I cannot imagine like other people would do what he did for me. Uh... But at the same time, I think he agrees to do for me is not because he's afraid of me uh, or I will break him or anything. It's it's really about he is very open. Um, Maybe he's more open than I am. Like, yeah.
0: Mm. That's very beautiful. Uh, There is something uh, which is the opposite of what I just said before, which is you have many photos on which you give the release shutter uh, to, uh, to Mm. uh, so he's the one who's actually Mm. making the photo, Mm. which is very interesting. Because in photography, we're used to thinking that the person who presses the button is -hmm. the one who is the author of the photo. Yeah. So if you're like giving this power away, you're basically like saying like, oh, you take the photo. So it's almost like it's his photo, even though you have like brought it to life. Mm -hmm. And this is like, do you, um, because this is what I see is like, you're giving your own power away Mm -hmm. because even though. And again, everything that I said before, like gets turned upside down. With this power dynamic because on most of the photos it looks like you have those uh, non, um, non-stereotypical non roles because uh, like you have more power but then when you give the shutter to him then it looks like you're giving all the power to him because mm-hmm. now he he can actually choose when to when to do and what to do
1: hmm. yeah i think um who has the power is a uh, very interesting uh, thing to think about because I always feel like in a relationship or like for example in the photos who's taking the pictures might not be the photographer mm, sometimes who someone who looks uh, he or she is in control is actually the one who is being controlled mm-hmm. so like it, it, it can go on and on like like, in the photo, I seem to be the one in control. Maybe in life, I'm mean, the one being controlled because I really want to be in control in my photo. Um.
0: Yeah, this is like, uh, yeah, it's, this goes very psychological. Yeah. Because if you're very good at controlling other people, yeah. you can make them think that they are in control, but yes. actually they're not.
1: It's an illusion. The yeah. control is our illusion. So maybe
0: Moro is the puppet master. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me about the work uh, of carrying your husband as a backpack.
1: Uh, that that work carrying the that's actually not morrow. That's uh, some random man, <laughs> random man. That it's actually um, I have this idea. I want to make a a bag in the shape of man. So I just uh, looked for some body suits for Halloween. And there's a naked man bodysuits, so I just put cotton in it and make t- making to upside down, make the, a bag out of it. And that one was made because I I was thinking about how um, there's something in this um, in the China society that I don't understand. Like there's many things in the, in in the society I don't understand, and it's a question about why would you want to like use a bag to show off um something else um so it's like kind of it's a re- response to um those um, women trying to show off their men's love through um expensive luxury bags so it's like just carry your men directly mm. it's more obvious
0: are there any other things uh that you feel like um you have an understanding of something, or you see something as being like obvious, uh, but nobody else seems to understand it. Or is there like something that if you could like snap your fingers and make everybody see something or understand something, that you would be like, Oh, please, people, why can't you understand this?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I cannot think of it. Do, oh do you God. have any
0: pet peeves with people? pet peeves like something that annoys you like small things that people do or say or think
1: I'm actually very um, tolerant of people's actions because I accept the idea that I'm living in a world that um, most people are different than me Mm -hmm. so I'm quite tolerant of um, seeing whatever they do because they're from a different background. They have their own history. And there's always a reason for that. Um, what I like to do is to show the alternative, other possibilities. I think possibilities is the, the greatest thing that in this world, that if there's, there's so many possibilities, and if you're open to them, um, there could be different solutions.
0: Are there things that you enjoy talking about or wish you could talk more about, but people don't ask about?
1: (sighs) What I like to talk about. Mm. I don't
0: know. Okay, I'll (laughs) ask the opposite question. Is there something that you get annoyed about when people ask you about something? Or is it something that get asked, gets asked so often that you're like, oh my God, don't ask about this anymore?
1: Again, very tolerant of other people.
0: That's very good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think people don't understand one question or another. There's always a reason for that. And it has so much to do with the the person who is asking the question. So... In my case, um, people react to my relationship project. Most people react um, based on their personal experiences. So in a way, it's not so much about my work. It's more about um, themselves.
0: Do you know the YouTube channel called The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows? No. 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 It's a very interesting YouTube channel. They've been making, or maybe it's just one person, but uh, he's for like six or eight years. He's been making, um, like, uh, he's been making up words, but words for feelings that we don't have words for. Oh. So, you know, we have very simple, like we have angry, sad, happy, whatever, mm-hmm. but we have those nuanced feelings, those strange feelings that we don't have names for and so he's been making up names for those things and it's a very very beautiful so he makes short videos about explaining those words and one of the words that i found there was desvu and it comes from deja vu so it's mm-hmm. similar but desvu is the feeling that something that is happening in the moment in right now will be a memory in the future
1: mm.
0: yeah mm. and uh, why i'm talking about this right now is because For the past two years and especially for the past few months, because of the war going on now as well, um, I've had this very, very strong feeling that uh, so many of the things over the past two years will become a memory at some point, you know, like 10 years or 20 years from now, we'll be like, oh, remember this, remember like when the lockdown started or Mm -hmm. remember when they finally ended or whatever else in between. and uh, and because of that, I would like to ask you, like, is there something, it can be from the past few months or from the past two years, uh, something that you wish that you will remember uh, in the future, let's say 10 or 20 years from now, something that you don't want to forget?
1: I don't want to forget. Hmm. In the past two years? Yeah,
0: for example. It can be in the past week as well. It doesn't matter. But it, like something from this period of your life.
1: Hmm. I think... Um, I think... It, The time I don't want to forget would be um, uh, when the pandemic in 2020 uh, and we didn't go out for the whole year except for two trips really short like close to home Um, and one day, I found the joy of sitting inside my living room with Morrow with uh, when the sun goes down, and I just turn off the light and watching the sky goes dark. I thought it was very beautiful.
0: That's very beautiful. It's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, most important for you day to day?
1: Most important for
0: me. Yeah. Like what do you uh, what is what matters to you?
1: <sighs> what, what matters to me? I don't know, live my life. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I feel like uh sometimes I don't know, maybe it's a different question. Like some sometimes people ask like, what are you busy doing or like what you're doing these days? And my question, and my answer is actually, you know, I've been so busy with just living my life, like doing day-to-day things. Um, <laughs> I forgot your question. Sorry.
0: You know, I was asking like, what matters to you the most from uh, every day-to-day, day? and it, it can be uh, again from the past uh, past two years like especially being being stuck inside and when mm. you have uh, when you have those days together with your uh, with moro then like what's what's important to you what makes a good day I it it seems like a very simple question <laughs> right but it's not it's yeah.
1: not it's not i don't know i don't know the trick of what makes a good day
0: Mm. what have you learned from him
1: Uh, from him I don't know he um, when I was just starting this project I wrote my artist statement I say um, I used to think you know a partner my partner should be like my mentor um, somebody who can teach you. But like obviously I didn't think it's, it's true anymore because I can be the mentor. But I think mm, throughout the years, by living with him, he actually is my mentor, but not by teaching me how to live, but just uh, living with me all these years that I learned from our life together—that how to grow up together.
0: When you started taking photos of you guys together, did you know from the beginning that this was something that you wanted to like do for a long time and make an exhibition, or did it just start because you were interested in him and you wanted to <laughs> an excuse to <laughs> uh, hang around with him?
1: Yes, it started with the interest in him. Uh, when I started, I I, I didn't really expected to um, do exhibition or do or people would be interested in it because I think it's so personal but I definitely when I start doing this project um, I feel like I have found something I love to do um, because before that I was trying out all different type of photos like you know landscape or um, taking picture of people portraits but I never really feel like the love for it um, but once I start to um, make this project, I have a passion for it. Because I think it's so fun to do. Uh, the photos, in a way, it doesn't matter that much. I'm uh, more interested to make something together with him. It, it becomes like uh, an activity for us to do together. Like like go shopping together. Or it's just, it just another thing to do together.
0: And What have you been the most inspired by? the past few years
1: Mm. inspired by I think um, a longing for something different Uh, because in in my photo you can feel like I am very um, um, like like a strong woman role like I'm so obsessed of like what I want to feel, like how, what I want to see. But this pandemic actually make me to feel like I want something um, more simple, something more basic. Uh, Like I really miss the time that we spent in his hometown. And it's a very peaceful time. Like you're just with your family, um, surrounded by nature. And and maybe repeating same thing every day. But that's also kind of very nice. I think that that's what, what what I realized in the pandemic that I I also want some of that too.
0: Does uh is his hometown like a very beautiful uh place in nature?
1: Yeah, that place um and they had winter Olympics, so there's like a ski and there's a lake uh and everybody go there for um summer vacations a very beautiful city yeah
0: if uh you could only leave like one um one part or one one work of yours uh behind, mm. uh, like, what would it be? Like, what do you find uh, is the most, um, maybe not the most important, but most, I don't know, personal to you? Or uh, is the most, uh, shows you the most? Mm,
1: that's very hard question because my favorite piece is always changing. And because I think um, my I, I grow up, I grow old, and my ideas are changing. So based on my ideas, my works are changing too. So usually it's more recent work.
0: Yeah, I saw, I saw how you reacted when I asked that question. You're like your, your body didn't like that at all. You were like, you don't ask me this question.
1: Maybe in the future some work I have never made.
0: Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a couple of last questions uh, before we finish. One is completely uh, from a completely different topic because it's something that just popped into my head uh, about uh, Asians in uh, in America because mm. over the recent years I've uh, like seen in different places what I would call racism against Asian people mm. and especially that kind of racism which is very strange, which is like, some schools that won't accept Asian students because Asian students are so smart that they don't Mm-mm. want them anymore. And so mm. there's like this very strange way of not uh, not letting people who are actually the smartest and brightest in mm. just to let other people more in. And, uh, and there is almost like this feeling. And again, this is somebody who watches American culture from the side mm. that it's like... Uh, like it's okay to be racist against Asians because mm. they're so smart and they're so good at everything so it's mm. like it doesn't count almost mm. uh is that something or in which ways has this uh, changed over the more than 20 years that you've uh, you've been in, in the states
1: my personal feeling is i actually really didn't understand about american racism when i first got to the us like um then by like uh, getting to know people, Americans, that I start to realize there is actual racism against black people, brown people, and Asian people. But I haven't been really feeling that um, myself because I think maybe because I wasn't from the US, I'm not sensitive enough to feel those nuance. But for my Asian American friends, um, I used to think they're just too sensitive, you know, like tiny little thing people do or say will upset them. But I think um, this pandemic actually was quite strong shock for me that I, like, you definitely feel the racism or even hate against Asians. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, it, it, it's something really sad 'cause the um, uh, but it is also the fact. And I think it's um it's something that we we should understand and uh, to uh, I don't know, to talk about more. Because I feel like people for example, like uh people think it because Asians are so smart that they get high school it's completely not true. Uh, I think it's just because different cultures and in Asian culture maybe they have to study more. So of course they have high score. But that's... Um, um, it's. I feel like a lot of time it's a lack of understanding or unwilling to accept something outside of a personal knowledge. And especially when it's minorities nine of people to speak up for these small amount of people so there's more racism exists um so i think um uh, what helps will be um mm, i think the us is getting better doing more diversity things like speaking up for different race um uh, but it it's it needs a lot of exposure mm, yeah <laughs> I don't know. It's not. It's not. I'm not an expert on that. Yeah, no,
0: but that, that's what yeah. I wanted. I just wanted your your feelings. And do do you feel it has like has there been a change in the past twenty years, or is it is it more the same, or it, has it gotten better or worse? Or
1: I think it's getting worse just in the last two years mm-hmm. since the pandemic. But I think I wasn't that familiar with that, or I didn't really think about it as a a problem for me. Um, as a, I always feel like I'm outside of U.S. anyways. Um, but I think um, during the past two years, I still start to realize this is a horrible problem that exists for everybody in the society, actually. And I feel personally, too. And I start to think, oh, yeah. Like, you know, um, a lot of times people don't really think it's a problem until <laughs> you actually in the problem.
0: Mm-hmm uh for my last question is there something uh, that we haven't talked about or that you would like to leave people with something to for them to think about something to either know about you your art or something else in the world that you find important or worth uh, sharing
1: Mm. i think um Sometimes uh, I wonder, mm, I always wonder well, what would happen if I never met Morrow. Like what oh, my life would be, like what kind of person I would be, or um, would I understand myself? So, in my opinion, Morrow is the key to this project even more than myself, the photographer. Like, yeah, his existence helped me to get to know myself.
0: Yeah. This is very beautiful. Thank Leo, thank you very, very much for talking to me.
1: Thank you, Alexander.
0: Beautiful. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, until next time, bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.